Hey everybody, you're listening to the Enlighten Me Podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I'm talking with my new friend, Kelly, who runs her own company called Teas for Bees. Kelly is a former corporate world girl, a mechanical engineer, a graphic designer, and now her own business owner. Kelly got burnt out quickly in the corporate world and left to start a company that she could have a bigger impact through. Through Teas for Bees, Kelly sells some adorable t-shirts where the proceeds go to help save the declining bee population. In this conversation, Kelly is going to teach us what exactly is happening with bees across the globe and why we should care. A lot of our conversation has a special focus on agriculture and is going to change the way that you think about the food that you're eating and what you're purchasing. But this conversation is not without hope because Kelly is going to give us some super practical tips that we can use to help save the bees. That's right, you and me, we can help save the bees, and it's so easy, and there's still time to make an impact. You guys, the bees need us. So listen up and think about what you can do in your everyday life to help the bee population. Kelly is basically an amazing person who's so awakened to so many issues in our world today, and she's using her platform so well. Her business just started a little over a year ago, and you're going to hear about how much it's grown and how she's using that growth to make a difference in the world. You're also going to love hearing about all her travels as she's a self-proclaimed nomad and all her life and business advice. She definitely gives some great advice to those who are business owners or thinking about starting their own business, but even just to those of us who could use some practical life advice too. Like I said, Kelly is a new friend to me, so we've never actually met before. But I really want to hang out with this girl, and I think you're going to feel the same way. She's such a cool person, and we had a great time chatting. There are a few times we got a little off topic, talking about online haters, good food documentaries, and using the platform that you've built on social media. But I think you're going to love all of what we talk about. This is a topic that I'm super excited about and I've been wanting to learn more about for the past couple years since I heard it was really an issue. I learned so much in this conversation and I can't wait to apply what Kelly taught me so that I can help save the bees. I hope you feel the same way, so be prepared to get enlightened because you're going to love Kelly and I's conversation. Here we go. All right. Hey, Kelly. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. How are you? I am well. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. Can you just start with introducing yourself to everybody? Of course. So um, I'm Kelly, and I founded Teas for Bees, which is why I'm here. So I'm 24, and I am from Canada. Um, I'm in Calgary right now, but I'm actually a bit of a nomad. So I just spent eight months um, working on my company out of Asia, mostly in Bali, because I like to avoid the winters. I am big on nature and also dogs, but being big on nature is kind of the impetus behind my business. And I'm actually a mechanical engineer, so that's what I studied in school and what I did work in for a bit. In business as well, kind of realized that there was more to life than working corporate and wanted to do something I felt more passionate about, which is kind of how I came to start Cheese for Bees, which we will be talking about. Um, yeah, so now I guess I'm a bit of an entrepreneur and... Just bopping around, living in Calgary right now. Yeah, and you were telling me that you are a nomad. You don't necessarily call one place home, which I feel like people would love to hear about. So can you just tell people where you've lived the past couple years even? 
Yeah, totally. So I actually only finished university a couple years ago. Okay. Um, and then after I finished university, I did part of my summer in India, just backpacking. I wasn't working at the time. And then I worked for, actually worked for the biggest beer company in the world. So I worked for Anheuser-Busch and Bev, so like Budweiser, Corona, Stella, okay. all those big beer brands. And through that job, I had to travel like permanently. So I lived in New York City, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, Halifax, which is East Coast of Canada, Vancouver, which is West Coast, and Toronto for that job. And then I got like super fed up with corporate and quit my job. And then I spent a summer in Ottawa, which is where I'm from, and then did eight months in Asia, mostly in Bali, but also did some Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia. And then I recently came back from Asia a couple months ago, and I've been living in Calgary since because I love the Rocky Mountains. And yeah, I don't know how long I'll be here, but... I basically just travel always. Yeah. Okay, where was your favorite spot in Asia that you visited? Ooh, that's a really good question. Bali was the best one for, like, actually being able to have a comfortable lifestyle and work on my business uh, because it is so westernized and it's actually a really big hotspot for digital nomads and entrepreneurs, which is cool. So a lot of networking. Okay. But in terms of if I was, like, just straight up traveling – I really liked the north of Thailand. Okay. I went caving and stayed in this place that was kind of like on the border of Myanmar and Thailand. Oh, cool. And I really liked it up there. It was kind of remote. That was neat. Uh, but Bali was great for like livability. Yeah. Oh, that's not, both of them sound dreamy, but totally. my stepmom is from Thailand. And mm. so it's on my bucket list to visit there with her someday. Oh, you I gotta go. Any, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so let's talk about Teas for Bees because I'm assuming not everybody has heard of it. So just tell us about the company, um, your missions and values, and yeah, just your heart behind starting it. Yeah, so like I mentioned, I used to work for this big, big, big corporation. And even though it was a beer company, it was not all the fun I thought it might be. Um, At the end of the day, a big corporation is kind of a big corporation. So I was like, pulling all-nighters at the Toronto office, like so stressed to the point where I actually ended up like seeing a psychologist. I was having like, well, yeah, it was horrible. I was having like panic attacks at the office Mm. and I was just like honestly, truly miserable and not myself. Yeah. And then I was talking to a friend of mine and she was like, you know what? Because I knew I didn't like my job, but I didn't really know what to do or like what to do about it. And I, I think I thought that maybe I was just like spoiled, you know, like I had this mm-hmm. great job and I just didn't want to work or, you know, I just was being a millennial or something. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, why don't you make two lists and make one of all the things you spend your time doing now in your daily life with like this crazy job you have and then make another list, all your values and things that you want to be doing and see how many things on those lists kind of match each other. Mm. And like, None of them did. Maybe like very few things. That's kind of advice that I give to people now. Like if you make those two lists of how you're spending your time and like what your values are and none of those things are aligning or matching up, like maybe it's time to make a change. Mm -hmm. So I did that little thought experiment, realized that I wasn't, I was miserable, not necessarily just because of my job, but like on a deeper level because I wasn't doing anything related to my values Mm -hmm. and then decided to do something that was related to my values. So before I quit, it kind of was like a little side project that came to me. So I actually, not a beekeeper, like I didn't, you know, grow up around parents who were really into bees. Like 
I didn't have any connection to bees necessarily. But Honey Nut Cheerios, of all things, had recently come out with this campaign to save the bees. And like everyone was talking about it, but like I don't really like know a lot about it. But I'm a huge nature person. Like I've been a vegetarian for six years, like largely because I love animals and the environment. I'm just like try to always be spending more time outdoors. And as I read more about the bees, I was like, oh, like this actually affects my values and the things I love because bees are so integral to nature. And then I was like thinking of ways that I could leave my job and do something that was more aligned to my values. And I was like, what if I had a company like revolving around like preserving nature or something about nature? But that's a pretty broad scope. And then I realized like, hey, the bees are like mm-hmm. a pretty immediate issue that affect nature and the things like that. So I decided to kind of focus on the bees through that. Teas for Bees was a good name. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of like figured out this model. Um, I'm also a graphic designer. So I was like, oh, okay. I could design some awesome cute t-shirts. Like okay. I could do a lot of this work myself. So then it kind of like started piecing itself together. I ended up quitting my job and I waitressed that summer while working on the company. I still waitress actually. I'll be waitressing in like two hours after this <laughs> just to make ends meet while working on my company. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of how it all started. And then in terms of its missions and values, I kind of made like a little mantra for the company. And the first part of it is interesting because you'll notice that it doesn't actually talk about bees specifically. It just talks about nature. Because I think that's what it all comes down to. And maybe people can't relate or attach themselves to like a bug, but everyone can understand nature and how awesome it is. Mm -hmm. So the mantra is that nature is effortless. Her nectar is our medicine. Her wildness, our cure. So if we don't have nature, we don't have anything. Like she is all that is keeping us alive and all that is keeping us what we are. Mm -hmm. And then the second part kind of just goes on to outline exactly how my company helps. Um, so Teas for Bees helps protect nature by raising awareness of declining bee populations and contributing financially to save the bees through donating to reputable organizations like Bee City, who is our main partner. So yeah, I think that's kind of how I started and what mission and values are. Yeah, that's so cool. So how long ago did you start the company? So this was about a year ago now that I kind of... Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, like I can't believe wow. it's been a year, but that I quit my job and started this project, which has now like blossomed into basically what I hope to be doing full time for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's so neat. And you has it grown like crazy? Because it seems like you guys have a huge following already. Yeah, it's so crazy. So it's, I don't, yeah, it's like my first business. So I managed a bar in university, which was pretty entrepreneurial, but still it wasn't like I, I started a bar, like I took over yeah. and managed a bar. Um, so I didn't know like, what to expect at all. Like it's, it's so hard being an entrepreneur working on your own. So I didn't know how fast it would grow or if it would take off or if it was like a silly pipe dream. Yeah. But especially in the last few months, because we're like, it's kind of like the bigger you get, the faster you grow almost. And it's summertime. So like bees in nature are very relevant. Um, so the last few months have been huge. Yeah. We're almost at 30,000 Instagram followers, getting a ton of website traffic. I love it. Like every day I have got like 15 new emails and like dozens of Instagram DMs just like asking questions which is awesome and a lot of people are asking questions like about the bees or like even just questioning like what charity are we sending it to which is great because it means that people are actually interested and actually care yeah yeah it's growing like wildfire right now oh that's so cool yeah well and part of that is your Instagram feed is beautiful it's so so much (laughs) I seriously love it um I'll put a link to it so everybody can follow you yeah and then your t-shirts are also so cute I love them 
So Thanks. can you talk about, and you designed them all, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. So can you tell us a little bit about the business model and how it works? Because you yes. design the tees, right? Yeah. And then you have people that are, is it is it called direct sales or what? what is it called exactly? So there's like different words for it. So it's not... It's not drop shipping, which is like what some people on online businesses do, which is where they like take other already existing products, buy them and like sell them. Uh-huh. So our t-shirts like can only be bought through us, but it's print on demand. So whenever someone orders a shirt, uh, like I don't already have that inventory lying around. Okay. That shirt will get printed when they order it and shipped to them. Okay. So that's kind of the business model. And it's all printed and shipped out of uh, the States, which I really like. Yeah. And then all the clothing is either already manufactured, like physically sewed and stuff in the States, or some of it's from Central America, but all in like sweatshop free factories, which is awesome because I could have kind of done the business a lot cheaper, but yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, how am I helping the world, helping save the bees if I'm contributing to sweatshop labor, right? Yeah. So yeah. it makes it a bit harder as an entrepreneur starting a business because my costs are quite high for a t-shirt because I'm printing them one at a time and I'm like making them in the States. Yeah. But it also means that I can feel good about what I'm doing and not defeat the purpose of my whole company. Yes. So that's kind of how that works. I do. I am the only person that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of crazy and busy, but I do have an awesome, awesome, awesome team of ambassadors who I should say do contribute ideas to the designs. And one of the ringer tees, actually, it's kind of like, a multicolored Save the Bees ringer tee was actually one of my master's ideas, not mine. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I've got over 2,000 now, which is insane. And they're basically... 2,000 ambassadors? Most, yeah. Oh my gosh, so, wow. Yeah, it's basically people who care about what I'm doing and want to help out and want to help spread the word. And we have like a private Instagram where just they're part of it so we can all kind of chat and communicate ideas. And... Yeah, they'll throw out ideas from anything for designs to like campaigns to like we share articles about new, you know, new research that comes out on bees or new any new news about the bees or even nature in general. And yeah, and then they get like some special perks. They get discount codes that they can share. But basically, like they've all come to me. Like I don't ask anyone to apply. Like I don't, you know, like pay to advertise this program. I have it like on my Instagram and have it on my website. And all these people are like really passionate about it. Yeah. Which is so crazy. And I never could have imagined that, that I would have so many people helping me out. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's me officially, but I've got yeah. like this awesome support team of people who care about the environment and about these. Okay. That's really cool. And so is that, yeah. that's not like, I guess I thought it was more like, um, kind of like the Tupperware or Mary Kate, like how you, oh, the ambassadors like sell this stuff. Or like affiliate marketing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not no, like that though. No, no, no. So, okay. um, they do have a discount code Yeah, and then they can give their friends the code, but they're like, they uh, like aren't making real money per se. Like okay. if a bunch of their friends use their code, I give them a lot of that back, like basically any of the profit from the back in store coupons Yeah, so that they can like get free shirts and free stuff because they're ambassadors. Yeah. But it's not like a, they need to register friends and they need to buy products and sell the products. Like they don't yeah. sell anything. They're more just, and a lot of them are like, a lot of them are actually in high school. So still like very young, like not doing it for a living or anything. Right. Yeah. yeah I based yeah. the model off of, so not the Mary Kay stuff, but a lot of 
other clothing companies like SandCloud, for example, which is a big one that is donating money to save the fishies and like save the oceans. So they have programs like this and it's oh, okay. yeah, not like yeah. a multi-level marketing scheme. It's more of like a, hey, if you help promote our brand and spread the word, we give you discounts and like special offers and like special master stuff. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of like a club almost. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense and that's yeah. a lot more <laughs> upfront and honest so I like that that's yes. cool no they're not they're not selling anything yeah I'm not like paying them right. okay <laughs> makes sense so if someone's listening and is really on board with your mission by the end of this and wants to help out that could be an option for them maybe yeah totally you can just apply on my website and it's a really easy application you just you know write like like email address kind of where you're from and then I just like reading uh you write a little thing about why you care about nature and why you want to help and then we've got an Instagram and Facebook groups for the ambassadors. And I love the Facebook one, even though not everyone uses Facebook anymore. Yeah. Because people introduce themselves and they post a picture of the place in the world where they feel the most connected to nature. Oh, and cool. it's a really great like way for people to connect because a lot of people, you know, are from the same state or have the same passions and stuff. So it's kind of cool because some people have made friendships through it. So yeah, I love yeah. it. It's really cool. Uh, I love that too. Very cool. Okay, so let's bring it back because some people might be listening and being like, wait, why do the bees need saving? I'm so confused. (laughs) (laughs) So let's, can you just kind of generally define that issue that's going on if some people maybe don't know what's going on with the bee populations? Of course. So I'll start it out like in the context of animals. So a lot of people are like animal and nature lovers, but we don't think about insects or the lives of insects because... No, they're not really cute and we don't really communicate with them or necessarily appreciate them on a daily basis. So yeah, it's not an obvious thing. But bees are responsible for one out of every three bites of food you eat. So if bees were to disappear tomorrow, we would have more problems than just this. Yeah. Basically, a third of all the food you eat would be gone and our grocery stores would look vastly different. Yeah. Um, And they also pollinate 80% of flowering plants. So even if it's food that we as humans don't eat... They're pollinating a lot of plants that are necessary to our ecosystem that other animals eat that nature requires to kind of maintain its homeostasis and its balance that keeps it beautiful. They also do, you know, the equivalent of like billions and billions and billions of dollars in agricultural work. So they do all this pollination for free, right? Like Mm -hmm. we get to eat all these plants that are pollinated by bees and it doesn't cost us human labor. But there's some countries actually that are now paying humans to pollinate plants by hand and like that's extremely expensive and time consuming and sad because we shouldn't have to do that because nature provides Mm -hmm. that for us but we're ruining it so basically they support ecosystems but since the late 1990s the bees have been on the decline and it's troublesome because they're so connected with our ecosystems and what we eat and there's a lot of theories and a lot of concrete reasons of why they've been on the decline But we're not 100% sure other than the fact that, like, it's probably because of us. Yeah. (laughs) Like, humans are just disproportionately affect the world. Like, I read this stat the other day, and we're less than a percentage of the living, like, mass on this planet. Mm. But the effects we have on the planet, right, are, like, hugely disproportionate. Yeah. So we kind of know that we're messing up the bee populations, and we know that we need them for our ecosystems. Mm -hmm. But we don't entirely know why. Okay. But one thing we do know is that nothing in nature operates in a vacuum. So if the, de- if the bees are on the decline, like 
the health of our planet's on the decline. Right. And by extension, like our health as human beings, which is why if we want to help nature, we need to start with the bees. So some of the reasons we know about why the bees are declining, some things where maybe it's a bit out of our control, like there's uh, parasites like certain types of mites. So they're called varroa mites and they are basically destroying hives. But then there's also things we do. So a lot of it is pesticide-based. Mm-hmm. So we use these pesticides called neonicotinoids, which is a long word, and the word itself isn't important. But basically, humans do our agricultural production, are making the choice to use this pesticide, which is basically poisoning the bees. So some countries are in the process of banning it, mm-hmm. but some countries aren't doing anything about it. And it's like we know this is poisoning them, so we need to stop that. Um, another big one is monocultures. So it's tricky because we rely on monocultures to eat. So monocultures would be like in nature, like acres and acres of corn on end would not just grow naturally, right? Mm-hmm. But we plant it because it's the most efficient way for us to farm corn, for example. But that means that there's like a lack of plant diversity, which is like kind of a food wasteland for bees. Like they just have nothing to eat. And we're taking out natural plants and foliage to replace it with these monocultures. Um, So that's kind of like something we need to be aware of, that we are affecting plant diversity. We're lessening plant diversity, which means that there's less food for bees and other pollinators. So it's not just about bees. Like butterflies are pollinators too. Mm. So yeah, our farming practices aren't great. And then on top of that, we've got like just general industrial practices and the destruction of habitats, right? Like the stuff that's Mm -hmm. contributing to global warming, uh, just like mass farming and production and all these things that are polluting our environment and have all these insidious effects. The same thing that causes global warming is causing like air pollution for humans, is causing the bees to die. So it's so hard because it's not one thing. Yeah. But one big thing that we can focus on is those neonicotinoids that like I'm sh- we don't need to be using those. Like we could use other things. We know they're killing bees. Yeah. So it's about awareness and especially educating governments yeah which is part of what the organization i donate to does okay so yeah that's kind of a long-winded spiel about why the bees are important and why they're no that's that's great that was a really good overview of it Um, (laughs) i'm sure people's minds are all over the place right now with new knowledge so as far as the causes of the bee population declining Obviously, lots there. There's a lot of reasons. It's not just one. But like you said, one main one, and I had heard this too, is the pesticide use. Yes, totally. It's a huge one. That is primarily, I think you said this, primarily with like mass farming, right? It's with the huge farms that are making tons Mm -hmm. and tons and tons of food. It's not... Yeah. Not, it's not necessarily the people with their individual gardens that are spraying pesticides, right? No. Those pesticides still aren't good, to be clear. Um, So it's still better to not use those. And later on, I'll give everyone kind of like five tips that they can do um, to help save the bees because it's hard for us to be like, okay, like industrial practices and factory farming, but like I don't do either of those things. So how do I help? Um, So yeah, it is mostly though on a large scale, the mass use of neonicotinoids for like industrial farming which is kind of a double evil because then they're also making those monocultures I was talking about so just like acres and acres and acres of the same plant that doesn't help bees that like isn't really natural to have growing yeah just for acres (laughs) yeah Uh, so you're in Canada I'm in the U.S. right now 
And just yeah. so everybody knows, I know the neonicotinoids are still legal in the U.S., right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. And are they still legal in Canada? I believe so. Yeah. I think it is some countries. Sorry, I should be, like, better at this. No, that's okay. <laughs> I think it's some European countries that yeah. are starting to ban them. But Canada has not yet banned them. Okay. Yeah, probably yeah. – European Union, they're usually ahead yeah, of the curve. Yeah, they're ahead of us. I know. We really need to catch yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely a relevant problem, um, and yeah. a worldwide one, right? The totally. population is declining, not just in the U.S. and yep. it's all over. It's all over, which is why it's so scary. Because yeah, if it was localized, it would still be bad. But it's like, okay, we can fix it in this location. But when it's yeah. a global, all of a sudden, out of nowhere the bee population just drops and we're not sure why like it's pretty horrifying yeah because it is all of a sudden in context of you know the history of the planet um yep this is exactly very- and bees there's so many there's like hundreds of different types of bees right yeah. and not so not just honeybees uh honeybees as much as they're cute and fuzzy they're actually like some people say one of the the lesser important types of bees uh they give us honey which is great but um, most bees, for example, in North America don't live in hives. They actually like burrow in the ground and a lot of them are solitary. But all these types of bees, not just the honeybee populations, are like dropping off. So yeah, yeah really scary. Yeah, it is scary. And while you were speaking about it too, I was thinking this obviously has really, really immediate, important, relevant effects on yes. us as humans because it's going to change how we eat if the bee population you know, becomes extinct or whatever it is, we are going to feel the effects in the way we eat and the totally. way we shop and what we see in the grocery stores. Exactly. And, and two, I was thinking it's pretty much like everything healthy that we could eat, right? That's like it's, if bees go extinct, we're going to pretty much rely on processed foods. We'll not have produce and, you know, that's scary. But it also, I was thinking too, that means there's less food for other animals to eat. So other animals will be going extinct, right? So at the top of the food chain where we are, like, we think it's one of, they're, you know, directly responsible for one another three bites of food. But the other food sources would, like, secondarily start to die off because the whole ecosystem and food chain would just go completely out of whack. Like, it's often quoted, and, you know, it's hard to actually prove it one way or another, but multiple scientists have said that, like, you know, if the bees were to disappear tomorrow human beings would have like three to four years on the planet. Oh my gosh. Which is so scary and horrible. Yeah. And, you know, we're not at a point yet where, you know, the bees need to die. Like we can, we can turn it around, we can help and we can change this, but we need to be aware that it's a problem in the first place to even change it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what we're doing now. So, and that's what you do with your company, which is awesome. Exactly. That's the goal. Yeah. That's so cool. And Okay, before we start talking about the solution, I have one other question for you. Yep, go for um, it. So I, this is something I've wondered because you hear about people having a bee problem at their house or, you know, oh, there's a bee's yeah. nest outside. Or, and this is something that I learned recently that obviously because of the status of our bees in the world, you're not supposed to just kill them or knock down the hive. Um, you can actually call people yeah. to have it removed and relocated. You can. Yeah. Exactly. And, but is that, what about, okay, this is something I've wondered. There's still like wasp killer and stuff. So okay. are wasps not part of the, like they don't pollinate anything? 
anything, right? No. No, wasps okay. are like not helpful. I'm not gonna like promote like yeah. killing any living <laughs> being, but yeah, wasps you can okay. you can swat at them. They're totally not the same as these, okay. and they're much more likely to sting you. Okay, these are actually pretty like a hive could be kind of like angered or aggressed, but bees are pretty docile. Like they're they're not like out to sting you. That's not in their best interest at all. Yeah, yeah. No bees are much less likely to sting you than a wasp, even if they're kind of floating around in your general area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wasps, not the same thing. Okay. Um, not helpful. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm sure they are in some ways. They're yeah, still tied in. Yeah, probably. They're not who we're trying to save. <laughs> yes. Okay. That makes sense now. Okay. So wasps, yes. if you have a wasp problem, you can get rid of it. But yeah. if you have a bee beehive near your house yes. or anything like that, just call somebody uh-huh. to exactly. have it removed. And some people even like have beehives near their house and – it might not even cause you any issues because yeah, they're they're really not interested in going after you or trying to sting you. Yeah. A lot of people will like deal with their bees without bee suits on, even uh like the hive's kind of calm and right. gentle. <laughs> uh for yeah. lack of better terminology. You've got nothing to worry about. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Unless you're allergic then take Yeah, unless you're allergic. Which <laughs> this is a fun fact. I've never been sung by a bee in my life, and some people think that's really weird, but I'm really afraid. I've never you, either. Okay, you never have either. I feel like, I mean, I've just avoided it. Like, it's not that hard to avoid. Yeah, exactly. But no, I'm really exactly. afraid. I feel like it's bound to happen at some point, and my mom is deathly allergic. Like, she will swell up my and dad die. Too. So I'm so afraid that it's going to happen. And Me I'll too. I know. I'm saving these bees, but I secretly think that I might have a deathly <laughs> allergy because my dad does. Yeah, it must be good karma, though, that you're saving them. They must know exactly. that you yeah, can't They're like, it. no, we, we need to keep this girl around. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's talk about the solution. I know you have some practical tips for people. I but do. Let's talk about all kinds of solutions. Um, cool. Like what? First, let's start out with the organization. You have one main organization that you donate to. It's Bee City, right? I do. Um, so they're awesome. So when I was starting my company, I it was really hard to find, like, because I knew I wanted to partner up with a real official legit charity, and donate some of my profits and also just work with them in general. But there wasn't like one global bee charity that I could find that was super legit. Um, or there's a bunch of different ones. So it's so hard to know. Uh, and not, I'm sure they're all legitimate in different ways, but it's kind of like, who's like the organization or who do I go to? So I ended up reaching out to Bee City because they have both a Canadian and an American branch. And I was based in Toronto at the time, and I was like, they're based in Toronto. I was like, awesome. So I met up with Shelly, the head of Bee City Canada, and we had coffee for like three hours. She is an amazing woman. She like does this charity full-time, like has sold her actual business, mm. um, and she's super passionate about the bees, and she like kind of said how it was a calling for her, and they, at, in the last few years, be, the bees have kind of come to her and like opened her eyes to this whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, she is absolutely incredible. Um, so I was like, wow, I, this is the organization I want to work with. Like I know that my money will be going to a good place. And they basically work with their primary thing started out as working with municipal governments, which is super important because a lot of these things that are an issue for the bees, like pesticides and industrial practices are things that as individuals, like we might not have direct control over, but municipal governments do. Mm-hmm. So 
it's great to be giving my money to an organization that is working with the governments because those are the people who are making policies that matter. Right. So they do that, but then they also go to schools and do education and they've started to designate like schools as B schools, which is great because if we can get the whole new generation of people caring about the bees, so people in elementary and high school right now, like that's what's going to matter in the future. And they also work with some businesses to become more bee friendly. So they're doing great things. And uh, yeah, they've got a partnership in the U.S. with Bee City USA. And I'm talking to them this week and they're actually merging with another big uh, pollinator charity society in the States. So hopefully they'll become even bigger Bee City USA and then my goal is to get my sales from Canada to go to Bee City Canada um, and then sales from the U.S. to go to like, it'll be a new merge society. Okay. And then right now I don't have any contacts in Europe and Australia, but I'm working on yeah. that. So any sales from like Europe and Australia, just go to the North American kind of bee cities. Okay. Helping the bees anywhere kind of helps the world, but I would yeah. love it in the future, even though less of my business is from Europe and Australia and stuff. I would love it if wherever you buy from, the money goes to a society in your continent yeah. I guess yeah that's really cool yeah and so what so you said B city is working with the government so are they mostly yeah. kind of about education and policy making with their solutions yeah so they do they kind of have it's really cute so they have like a three three values I guess so habitat is one so they'll go in different cities and actually make sure the physical habitat is good so say they're in Tor- Toronto's a B city and they'll be like, okay, uh, your, you know, downtown urban areas need to have more bee friendly zones or more bee friendly plants. And they actually like physically make the space more bee friendly. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Cause it's not just like policy. It's like stuff you can see. Yeah. But then they also work when their second thing is like education. So then they do a lot of education of governments and the public and schools so that would be more like, I guess, tied to the policymaking because yeah. they're educating. And then the third thing, their third like tier or whatever is celebration. So they want us to all be celebrating like bees and how awesome nature is. And there's like a World Bee Day every year. I think it's in June, actually. I need to double check the date. And if you're a bee city or a bee school, you need to like show that you're doing those three things. So you have to show that you, one, made your habitat better, that you two are educating, and that three, you're like, actively celebrating the bees and how great they are. So that's kind of what they do. So it's yeah. policy is really important, but it's cool because they also work on habitat and appreciation. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a really, I'm glad I found them because there's other organizations that could have donated to that still legit, like, but I think this one's a really good fit and I like that I can see what they do and they're like working with governments, which is cool because yeah. a lot um, are more local and support beekeepers, which is great. And I'll also talk about that because it's really important to support local beekeepers. But this one I think makes sense with like the larger scale of saving the bees. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's really good to know in case someone is feeling like they do want to financially contribute to this. They can totally donate. There are organizations they can donate to. Um, we can put mm-hmm. links to all the different organizations that you're partnering with Perfect. too since we already know that they're trustworthy. Right. Or we can even buy a super cute t-shirt and know that it's making a difference. That's yeah. a su- I love that way of donating things where you get a little something-something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. And, you know, sometimes I had this, like, really mean comment on my Facebook the other day. I know. I, like, 
I need to not take things personally. As a small business, it's so hard not to. I know. It's it's hard, though. And this, like, man was going off about how we weren't a charity. And uh, he was like, oh, like, they don't even donate 100% of their money. And I was like, I responded to him. And I was like, oh, like, definitely we don't pretend to donate. Like, this is a business. and I have to eat. Yeah, I need to eat. It's not the waitress full time. But, um, Yeah. yeah, the difference is, is that, like, yeah, if you want to give 100% of your money, don't buy a shirt for me. Um, yeah. Donate it to an awesome society. Like, Or even further locally, you can support your local beekeepers. So buying factory farmed honey is pretty bad. And yeah. I'll talk about that later with my, my five tips of how you can help. Okay. But supporting your local beekeepers or like, you know, beeswax from them, beeswax candle or some honey, that's awesome. And then your money is going like right to the beekeepers or donating it right to a charity. But it's more so like for me, if – you're going to buy clothing anyways. Like if you're going to buy a t-shirt anyways, you might as well buy a t-shirt that one is giving part of the money to charity. And that two is like working on education because B city or any of these great charities, like they don't really have a big following or big reach. Like they're not mm-hmm. on social media. So my goal should have mentioned this earlier, but my like big goal with the company is to be the biggest donor, like globally of saving the bees. Like I would love to be the biggest financial donor to the B cause. Yeah. And like that can happen if we're not a business, right? So I kind of tried to explain to this guy and he just didn't answer. So I was like, okay, well, at least he kind of shut up. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, if we succeed as a business, and I say we, even though it's just me, <laughs> that means that this charity is going to be getting more money than it would ever be getting and more people are going to be educated. And that's yeah. kind of the angle I take and like what I really, really hope for. And yeah, my ultimate goal is to be like, if I could be like, we are the company in the world that donates the most money to saving the bees, like, I would be so happy, like, to be able to, like, quantify that and, like, make yeah. a really big difference would be awesome. Yeah. No, I love that. I think – thanks for your honesty with that. That's – I think it's really cool, and I think it's great because, like you said, not not everybody is going to want to just donate money. Some people yeah, exactly. would rather have a shirt, and that way they can know it's, you know, going to something good. But, yeah, you're – creating more awareness and you're drawing in more donors for really cool organizations. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Because most of the people like say a couple dollars from a shirt goes to B city. Like those people wouldn't have been donating any money to B city because not because they don't care, but they just wouldn't have like gone out of their way to do that or it just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And another really cool thing while we're on the topic of the teas that I love is some of them are a bit more subtle, but most of them have kind of like, big slogans about bees. Yeah. And they're actually really great conversation starters. Yeah. The amount of times I've been wearing one, and like, it's like a stranger has like asked me, like, why do we need to save the bees? Or like someone's commented on the shirt or like when people post on Instagram and they've got this big reach and then people who don't already know about it start like Googling it or start asking questions. Mm -hmm. It's it's great because like the shirts are obviously putting the message out there. So that's something I really love about them. Yeah. I think that's a really good point too. Just we mentioned this earlier about that education is one of the main solutions to this, just creating awareness of the issue. Yeah, totally. And I, I want to touch on that again, just because it is something, you know, I didn't know that this was an issue until a couple years ago. And like you said, it's been a problem mm-hmm. since the 80s. So, yes. you know, this, it should be more talked about, but it's really yeah. not. A lot of people don't know that it's going on. And so even if, all even if you're listening and all yeah. you do after this is talk about it with people yeah or just google it like anything. yeah that makes a difference it really does because mm-hmm. it's creating awareness and 
I just always think about you never know what kind of trickle down effect that's going to have. Like you could, it could make a difference in how you vote or it could make Mm -hmm. a difference in how someone who knows someone who knows someone votes and that that could make a difference. Or five years down the line, someone's, you know, they had to listen to this and then five years down the line, they're like in a situation where they're able to help. Like you never know. Yeah. And to the point where someone might not even listen to your podcast, but they see the title and it's something about saving the bees and they just Google it. Like, yeah, even that is something. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about your five fun, practical ways for people to help because I think people are probably anxious to hear that. Okay, cool. So I had them written down so that I can give them in a good order. Let me just scroll to where I have them. Okay, so they're really concise, but I'll elaborate on a couple because sometimes people are like, what? Like, yeah. I don't really get why I would do that. Yeah. Um, so here are my, like, actually it might be a bit more than five, but here are my tips. Okay. <laughs> so these are things that you can do at home so it's not like stop industrial farming because none of you probably do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the first one is within reason, of course, like don't weed your garden. Mm. So if it's totally overrun and ruining your life, weed it if you need to. But don't eat it because a lot of those weeds are actually food, like dandelions and stuff are actually nutrition for a lot of pollinators, not just bees, um, and contribute to the ecosystem. Oh. Like they're weeds for us, but little like the little like green weeds and dandelions, if you can leave some of those in your garden. Yeah. And if you're going to get rid of them, don't use pesticides. I've heard that spraying, and I'm, this is something you could totally Google and get a better answer, but uh, I think you can spray vinegar on weeds. And it should kill them. Okay. So better than using pesticides if you're going to kill weeds. I just going to say you can be lazy with your gardening. It doesn't have to look perfect because that will actually help. Yeah. And aren't there even organic pesticides available that are much less harmful? I mean, vinegar exactly. is cheaper, but... Yeah. I don't know a ton about them, but I'm sure there are. Like, there's always a better solution. I'm sure you can get, like, a more, quote-unquote, green yeah. pesticide. And, yeah, if you want to save money, like, just spray vinegar and see if that works for yeah. you. Yeah. My second tip is, and you can Google a full list of these. I won't read them all out, but planting bee-friendly flowers and herbs. And some of them are useful for you too. Like mint and lavender are both great for pollinators, and you can use both of those for yourself. Mm. So that's fun. If you're going to buy honey, buy it local and organic. So honey is kind of a controversial one, and a lot of vegans don't eat honey. And if you don't eat honey, that's awesome, and you don't need to eat honey. But if you're buying local, inorganic, and raw honey from a beekeeper – it's not harming the bees and you're supporting the local beekeeper, which is great because then they can keep doing what they're doing and they're going to keep helping the bee population. But factory farmed honey is not great. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they say, I've heard too, it's even better for your health. Like yep. that factory farmed honey doesn't have hardly any nutrients, whereas no, local it's honey It's like fake almost. Lot. Yeah. It's like fake, fake sugar. Yeah. Like yeah, I've yeah. heard that about sugar too. Like actual sugar cane is really mm-hmm. good for you. But the way yeah. we eat processed sugar, it's it's like poison. And exactly. similar with honey. Like raw natural honey has really good nutrients in it and is a great natural sweetener Yeah, if you, if you believe in eating it. Um, yes, and exactly. I've heard too it can help with if you have seasonal allergies because you're like mm. eating the local pollen. That's so have true. Have you heard that? I actually have heard that. Um, I, can't, I can't confirm or deny. Not an allergy yeah. expert, but yes. Yeah. And it's a rumor. It, I've heard yeah, it. it's a rumor. It's a good one. Though. <laughs> yeah, honey has like raw honey has a ton of like natural healing properties. There's so many like traditional medicine uses. Yeah, and just yeah, like you said, in general for food, like 
the closer to the source something is, less, the less processed it is, the better it's going to be for you. Yeah. So I totally agree that buying honey from a grocery store is not good for the bees because they're just like yeah. basically factory farming bees and putting a lot of stress on the hives yeah. and it's not good. But And I've reached out to Bee City and other organizations about this because it was causing some controversy on my Instagram posts. Oh, okay. But they maintain that if you're buying local organic honey from a beekeeper, that's just like harvesting the extra naturally from the hives. Right. It's not hurting the bees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas if you buy it just from the store, you could be hurting the bees. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not great for you anyways. Yeah. It's basically going to be glorified sugar. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, there's not really any extra health benefits to that. But no, that's really good to know. And if you're wondering where to buy it, it's it's really not hard to find. Like you can no, obviously the farmers market. Yeah, the farmers market, or we even have local honey like at our co-op or like yeah. local grocery stores. Um, or even I remember there's a place at back in my hometown. Just a family was selling it on the side of the road. Like it was always exactly. there. Like it's not that hard to find. Like and you know that family's not like factory farming. Like, yes, exactly. They're just taking it from their hive in their backyard, and yeah. you're fine to buy it. Yeah. Okay, that's a really good tip. Yeah, so that's a fun tip. My next tip is, so this one you have to be a bit careful uh, because bees can't really swim, but you can leave a small basin of fresh water out or sugar water out for bees to drink because bees are thirsty and they can also get weak and need a bit of sugar water to rehydrate themselves, I guess. But bees can also drown. (laughs) So you can Google this for kind of better descriptions and people like post photos of how they've made little watering holes for bees. But even leaving like um like the bottle cap of, you know, like a water bottle, how you could probably put oh. like a teaspoon of water in that. If you just leave that out um, outside on your porch or like near your garden, bees will like drink from it a lot of the time. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's really cute. You can even yeah, leave, that's cute. You can leave like a even a spoon, like just with a bit of water in the the spoon okay. with like some sugar in it for bees out. And you can that's something you can Google and there's different articles on like how to leave water for bees, but yeah, not maybe not like a big bowl because they can drown and okay. that would sure. not be yes. okay. Yeah, you can leave water out for bees, which is something everyone can do and it's easy. Yeah, that's so easy. Um, the next we kind of talked about already, but it's not using chemicals or pesticides to treat your lawn or garden. That's the uh-huh. other thing. Like grass is like, and it's most people have lawns. It's not your fault, but like lawns are like such a sack of water and just like grass doesn't really mm-hmm. do a lot for the environment like pollinators can't feed off of it and then we spray it with chemicals keep it green and weed free so if you can avoid using chemicals and pesticides on your lawn um, and garden that's awesome and then and probably better for you too when exactly. you when we were talking about this earlier for you your dog like everything yeah your pets and your kids are like running around on this so why would you even want to use harmful pesticides? exactly exactly and then my last tip kind of a general overview of everything we talked about, but stay educated, do your research, and support bee-friendly initiatives and businesses. So yeah, don't just listen to any one thing anyone says. Like, as some people have told me, like, any kind of honey is really bad. And then you kind of have to do your research, look at a bunch of different sources, and kind of draw your own conclusions. Like, don't take anything I say for, like, 100% truth. Like, fact-check me and all those good things. Um, And then, yeah, if you can support bee-friendly initiatives and businesses like mine, that's also an yeah. added bonus. Yeah. Oh, those are all such good tips. Yeah, thank I, you. I have one that I was going to add. Oh, I don't please. know if this is actual, though. I wanted you to confirm it. Okay, hopefully um, I can. When we were talking earlier about, okay, I'm mononicotinoids. Um, <laughs> uh, what is it? Neonicotinoids. I know, it's a mouthful. Okay. 
Yeah, I'll just let you say it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the bad pesticides. Um, the bad pesticides. Okay, so the bad pesticides that are used on a lot of our produce, I feel like one way we could maybe, you know, if we feel like we want to be part of, um, well, okay, so part of that is in the policy making. Yes. Like we need our government to just rule that out. Yeah. But in the meantime, I would assume that if you're buying like local produce or produce that's organic, it's probably not going to be sprayed with those harmful no, pesticides. I, yeah, I can't like 100% say that. It's not yeah. because I don't know what those farmers are doing, but I would assume right. not, especially if they're saying it's organic. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so maybe even just doing your research on oh, what type of so produce true. you're buying. And, and like vote with your money kind of thing. Like yeah, exactly. everyone only started buying things that didn't weren't like produced in conjunction with those really bad pesticides – then yeah. people would stop using them because they would have no money to support their own business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm a huge fan of voting with your money because it's something that yeah. all of us do already. We just don't really exactly every day. Yeah, and so if you're, I'm all about supporting local businesses and you know small businesses that are trying to do organic farming and awesome. I think I think that's a really good way to do it. And another thing is like we were saying earlier, just thinking about your own health. Like if this is killing bees, no. I don't really want to be eating it. No, you do <laughs> that not. That can't be good for us. No, that's the thing. Like, yeah, nothing in nature operates in a vacuum. So yeah, if, if something's bad for bees, it's bad for you. Yeah. Okay, those are all such practical, easy tips. Yeah. Oh, and then the last thing, uh, we kind of touched on this when we talked about policy and government, but – you can always write letters to your local government mm. representative too. Um, and some might be more effective than others because some of your representatives might not at all have any clout or sway with environmental policies. But if you know someone in your local government who does, uh, you can always write them okay. a letter. Yeah, that's a and that's a really easy thing to do too because a lot of times... For any policy. Yeah, and a lot of times those are already written out. Like I'll get emails... Be like, will totally. you send this on to your local representative? And I literally type in my name and do it. Exactly. So you might so, as well. Yeah, might as well. Because even maybe then they Google something, right? Even if they don't directly change the policy, maybe then they'll they'll be like, oh, I didn't know about the bees. And they'll yeah. Google something. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Those are all, I feel like maybe I need to create like a little resource kit for people because we've given a lot of tips and resources. Yes. <laughs> do, um, yeah. do you want to just quickly recap the tips that you gave for people? Were there six of them? Yes. I know I added on some of them. I, yeah, I, think it ended, I kept saying five, but I think it ended up being six. Okay, here we go. Okay. So one, don't weed your garden. Two, plant bee-friendly flowers and herbs. Three, buy local and organic honey. Four, leave like a small dish of water out for bees to drink. Okay. Five, don't use chemicals or pesticides to treat your lawn or garden. And then six, the kind of recap one was stay educated, do your research, and support bee-friendly initiatives and businesses. Okay. And um, seven that I added was buying local organic produce. Yes, and in general. Which in is general, awesome. yeah. And eight that you added was writing your representatives when totally. appropriate. Okay, those yeah, are all so practical. I'll make a list yeah. and I'll give links to anything, any resources that would be helpful. But those are all really great. Perfect. And yeah, I, I just love that there are so many easy ways to be a part of the solution. Like there are, you know, extra ways that we could do it. 
where we donate or, you know, buy a t-shirt or whatever it is, but there are Mm -hmm. ways that we can live our everyday lives that are just going to be more helpful. Exactly. Just being a conscious consumer and conscious, conscious being on this planet. Those are so great. Okay. If you had to pick one main message that you want people to walk away with today, what would it be? Um, so I've said this twice already, so it's going to be my message because I think it's important, but it's that, um, nothing in nature operates in a vacuum and every action you make is going to affect the planet in more ways than like we can even know. Uh, like oneness is a a real thing and like the, even the energy, like the sounds out there, but even like the energy and intention you put out into the world matters. So to kind of like live every choice, like it matters because it does. That's a really, a really good message. And I think that, again, I, I'm sure there are people listening who didn't know that this was such a predominant issue in our world. Mm. And it's, it seems small because it's bees, I think, you know, they're just so yeah, little yeah, and you hardly <laughs> notice them, you know, but it, it is an important issue. And I think if we can recognize how much it's going to impact us, how could we not care? So Exactly. Thank you for bringing awareness. That. That's that's why I like to talk about like nature first and foremost, which yeah. sounds intuitive because we're about the bees. I should focus on the bees, but it's because people care about nature and like they, they can relate to it. Yeah, and it's an easier way to get people talking. Right. Like even if you don't care about animals, don't you like yeah. looking at flowers and plants? Yeah. And, you know, and eating fruit. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that's really good. Yeah. Okay. Do you have time for some fun questions? I do have time for some fun questions. Okay. I love these because I'm sure people already think you're really cool. I mean, <laughs> the fact that you're 24 and running your own company and how fast it's grown. I'm sure they just want to know more about you. So uh, what's some good advice that you've gotten recently? Okay. So um, I wrote down this quote the other day because I really liked it. And it's honestly kind of similar to what I just said. But the quote is, between our first and last breath is one long story of what we choose to create. So, you know, my takeaway from that was that you're always spending your energy creating something. Like every day you're actively creating choices and creating, you're like manifesting your own reality. Yeah. Um, whether you like it or not. So choose to put creations into the world that have a positive impact. I like that. Yeah. And that's, I, I like that because a lot of times people will give kind of like business advice but I feel like that's just relevant for everybody whether or not you run your own business (laughs) exactly and honestly if you run your business that way you're going to have more success because you're going to be creating things that matter and you don't even need it to be putting sometimes you do of course um, but you don't always need to be putting business decisions first and foremost like if you break it down to values and like creating meaningful meaningful things I think your business will be successful um, if you're doing that first and foremost Awesome. Okay. How about, do you have somebody that you look up to as a role model? Yeah. Okay. I have a couple and they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, which is funny. Uh, okay. Like one is super millennial and one's a classic. Okay. So they're both females because girls rock. <laughs> but one is Jane Goodall because she's super awesome and has just done a ton for animal rights and research and activism. Yeah. And she's like one of, you know, the OG animal activists and I just yes. respect her a lot. And then on the flip side is one of my favorite Instagram influencers. I don't know if you know her, Allie Michelle. No, but she's she's really great, and she just writes like really awesome poetry, and is really I think connected with herself and nature for a young age. Like I think she's got to be like twenty one or something. Okay, but she's not like a 
an Instagram like promoter necessarily selling things. She just like is this really like for lack of a better word, like awakened being who okay. is really like living her truth. And I love that because Instagram can sometimes be like this minefield of nothingness and just superficialness. Yeah. So it's awesome to see people who have big followings who use that to like educate and awaken people. Yeah. Okay, cool. Some new people to follow. Yeah, I totally. Like uh, what's the most impactful book you've ever read? Recently, I read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, and I really liked it. Is it actually about motorcycles? Loosely, but that's not the point of the book. It's like, okay. I didn't really know what it was going to be getting into it, Okay, but it's kind of like almost reads as like a philosophical text that just really makes you think. It's hard to describe. It's like loosely about nature and loosely about like how to live your life and loosely about motorcycle maintenance. But overall, it's just like a book where you're thinking the whole time about like okay. human reason and philosophy. And I was never super into philosophy and this book kind of like got me more into it. Okay. So I thought that was cool. Now, do you ride a motorcycle? No, 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 not at all. It's it's not oh, actually okay. like for people who ride motorcycles. It's just like a weird book tip. Okay. It's about this like okay. father son who go on a cross country motorcycle journey, but it's more oh. about like the lessons. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Yeah. How about, do you have a book recommendation that's bee related? Have you read any bee related books that you really like? Oh, this is horrible. I actually haven't. Okay. There's a few good documentaries I can give you. Oh yeah. Okay. I like documentaries. Yeah. I, I actually don't have a good bee book. I, I haven't come across any, so maybe it's not out there yet. Yeah, maybe, maybe you need it's not to. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For documentaries though, uh, the two that I've seen um, one is The Vanishing of the Bees, which was okay. a big one. Uh, it was, it's narrated by Ellen Page. Oh, okay. And the other one is Queen of the Sun. And there's more than that. Those are just the two I've okay. seen. Um, it's probably good to watch a few because you get different, slightly different perspectives and yeah. narratives. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. And was there anything else that you have listened to recently that you wanted to recommend? Um, I watched a really good documentary, actually, about sugar, which is funny because we were talking that, about that earlier. Oh, yeah. Um, which one was it? It's called Fed Up. Yes. Um, it's probably a few years old, but I love it. I've watched it like multiple times. Oh and my gosh. Basically about the obesity crisis, like in America and globally, and how it's like mostly sugar. And I really believe that. And I actually once, fun fact, gave up like most processed sugar for a summer and yeah. how much happier I was and how my quality of life went up was crazy. Yeah. Um, so I need to get on that train again. But yeah, Fed Up is a great documentary. Oh, Not related yeah. to these, but. No, I mean, no, it's that one rocked my world. Like I thought I was a really healthy eater. And then I was like, oh my (laughs) gosh, get this Yoplait yogurt out of my fridge. It's so unhealthy. Like it's, oh, so crazy. Oh yeah. It totally changed the way we ate. And, and that really, it was a great starting point for, I think, healthy eating in general, because if you're just trying to cut out foods that have added sugar, it's going to make you like a local, organic, healthy eater because it's in everything. And and I just thought it was interesting too how kind of one of the points is like how the government's, I don't don't want to say conspiring against us, but the government is up to a lot of shady stuff as far as... Totally, like not publishing those like papers. Yeah, just kind of manipulating the food market to make money. And not just the government, but you know, a lot of the bigger brands like Kellogg's and whatnot just how they're tricking us into thinking we're eating healthy, but really not. So 
I yeah, that one that's one of the first documentaries I always recommend people to watch if they're interested in learning about food because oh, no way, yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's a good so one. good and it's it's a good starting point if you've he- heard people talk about like cutting out processed foods or clean eating. That kind of defines mm-hmm. what those are, I think. So that's a really that's a great recommendation. Thanks for suggesting. Yeah, that. no problem. <laughs> okay. Um, what is, how about a brand or product that you're loving lately besides your own adorable tees? (laughs) Um, so I do a lot of yoga and I love this one brand called Tiki, T-E-E-K-I. Okay. Um, and they make their yoga pants out of recycled plastic, which is awesome because like plastic is a whole other issue I could like go on forever about. Oh my gosh. Um, the worst. Uh, but yeah, and their, their yoga pants are like really cool, like all these really funky patterns and I wear them all the time. They're really comfy. So yeah, that's probably oh. that's probably the brand that I'm into lately. Yeah, I feel like we could really trust your recommendations too, since you're a graphic designer. You know, yeah, exactly. You know the good brands. <laughs> Got an eye for it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And what a cool mission they have. That's I, I was yeah, also I, I meant to say earlier. I I mean, yeah, we could talk about plastic for like a whole nother two hours, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing with the local honey too, a lot of it is in glass jars. So that's nice. Exactly. I feel like it helps to reduce waste if you buy local. It does. Buying from the farmer's market and whatnot. So that's another yeah. cool thing. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So what is next for your company? What's What do you have going on since you're just a year old now? That's crazy. I know. Yeah. What, um, what are your next hopes for it? So I guess I'll go short term, long term. So okay. this month is June, which is Pride Month. That's an awesome month. I love Pride Month. And yeah, it's just fun. And a lot of my friends have had kind of a hard time in their lives being like a minority or being queer and all these things. So Pride Month's really freaking awesome because a lot of them are coming to their own now. And just like as a friend, I freaking love it. So we did a couple of fun shirts for Pride Month, kind of like a rainbow version of our classic Save the Bees tea. Yeah. And yeah, that's just fun. So I'm going to try to like do that on my Instagram because uh, I believe that, you know, my Instagram is first and foremost about the bees, but that I should also be like voicing my opinion about other social issues that I really, really believe in. Sure. And I've read like some people are like, you shouldn't get political with your branding, but it's like, no, like this is something I believe in and that I think is a basic human right. And if I lost a follower because they didn't like yeah. my stance on something like gay marriage, then I don't really want them following me anyways. So Pride Month's fun because I think I'm going to incorporate a bit of that into um, our Instagram and just into what we're talking about. And then this summer, one of my goals, I really hope it'll manifest, but I would love to do kind of um, a fundraiser party or gala. so sponsored by teas for bees but the party would be about like saving the bees yeah um maybe in la or something i've got some friends down there so that could be super fun uh so this is like early days of planning it i'm just still costing it out don't know if i'll be able to do it but i would love to have a big save the bees gala and then long-term goal like i said is like i would love to be the biggest donor to saving the bees that sounds really cool i I, w- I would go to a gala yeah. if I could. That sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, I'll totally invite you if we do one. <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. And that's a really cool way. I mean, I feel like banquets and stuff like that are always just a classic way to gain more of a following, create more awareness, and exactly. invite more people in. So I think that'd be really cool. I'm sure people would be interested yeah. in going. Thank you. So that's cool. And I also love that you use the platform you've built to advocate for everything you believe in because I think 
it's easy to shy away from the things that are controversial. Right. But I always think I just always say I'm not I just I'm not against anything. Like I'm I don't want to be an anti yeah. I just wanna be like pro everything good. So that's what I'm Yeah, about. exactly. <laughs> I know, yikes sometimes people can be so negative. Yeah. Like I posted just some photo, like it wasn't even not that it matters, but it wasn't like particularly provocative. It was something on International Women's Day about like how women are awesome because yeah. humans are awesome and women are awesome. Which that's not even controversial. And, like, you wouldn't think, some people, but... <laughs> I know, exactly. Like, it's sad that, like, I would have to preface it with, like, it's not provocative. Yeah. And, like, people were commenting, like, stuff like, oh, like, give me a break. And following, like, oh my gosh. blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, my God, chill out. Like, yeah. People are harsh. This is, like, I such know. a dumb example, but this is really bothering me yesterday. I was trying to sell some stuff on Facebook Marketplace. Okay. And someone messaged me just to tell me that they thought I was overpricing my stuff. And I was like, like that's so mean to say. Like, why do I'm you even care? On your day. <laughs> yeah, that's so not related to what you experienced. Yeah. But I was like, no, I totally know. Like, what the heck? It's just like, people being negative for no reason. Yeah, like if it bothers you, then just don't look at it. Like, come on. <laughs> no. But you know what I've learned like in life in general is that how people act and treat you have nothing to do with you and everything to do with them. Like, yeah. everyone, like, their actions are just a reflection of, like, who they are and what they're going through. Yeah. So when people are negative, I'm like, that sucks because you're probably really unhappy. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, that's I'll another really good piece of advice. I'm going to leave that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's good. Uh, I like it. Okay, so how can people connect with you, learn more about Teas for Bees, all the things? Yeah. Um, so there's my website, which is teasforbees.com. Um, one little annoying thing, though, about my branding is that my name, Tease for Bees, is spelled differently on, like, my social medias and website than I do when I spell it out as a brand okay. name. So the website, Tease for Bees, is spelled T-S-F-O-R-B-E-E-S. Okay. So the T is shortens just the T-S. Yeah. And then my Instagram is the same thing, T-S-F-O-R-B-E-E-S. And then you can email me at hello at teesforbees.com, spelled the same way. Okay. Or you can always message me directly on my actual Instagram, which is Kelly B. Ke- Kelly with three L's. That's not how it's actually spelled, but it's how my Instagram handles so <laughs> I can give those to you for like the show notes or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That sounds great. Well, I'm sure people just learned a lot and love you because I think you're awesome. And <laughs> I love what you do. I think it's really cool. And I just love your mission. Your mission. It's so. It seems so simple, but it's so needed, and it's such a fun way of helping to save the bees. So, thanks for what Thank you're you. doing and for devoting your life to doing this because it it's so needed. And I'm so glad that there are people like you that we can trust and listen to and buy products from that we love and know that we're making a difference. So thanks for what you do. Wow. That means a lot. And thank you for having like a platform for people to be able to talk about their awesome initiatives because people need a way to, yeah, get these things out there. Yeah. I, it's my pleasure. I hope that it helps to create awareness and yeah, I'm just sure that people love you. Even if nothing else, I'm sure they're going to want to follow you on Instagram and <laughs> learn that way because it's fun. I do love following teaser bees on Instagram. It's so pretty to look oh, at. Oh my <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. Thanks for coming on, Kelly. Thank you. Okay. So first things first, don't you want Kelly to be your new best friend? I just want to go live with her and have her pack me in her suitcase on all her travels because she sounds like such an awesome person. 
Like I said in the show, I highly recommend that you go check out her Instagram feed, both her personal one and the Tease for Bees, because you're going to get to see all her travels and just all the awesome things that she does, and it's so beautiful. I'm sure that through this conversation, you saw just how important bees are to our world. I literally never knew that. I feel like when you're a kid, people just tell you to watch out for them because they can sting you, and you don't really know all that they contribute to our planet. But they're obviously so necessary. I don't know about you, but the thought of not having fruit or vegetables really freaks me out. I not only learned about the gravity of the bee situation, but I also learned about so many easy ways that we can help. Seriously, I think my favorite is that you don't need to weed your garden. Um, hello, I'm not a homeowner yet, but I remember growing up my parents would always make me help them weed and it was awful. And now I don't have to do that. If only I had learned this a few years ago when I was still living with my parents. But seriously, whether you're a homeowner or not, I think that there are so many ways that we can all help and contribute. And like Kelly said, part of that is even just through starting important conversations and sharing information with others. I loved how Kelly explained all of these things and just how she's using her platform. Even though she and I are different people and have different worldviews, I have so much respect for how she uses her platform to stand up for what she believes in and to not be afraid to get political. In the meantime, while you're taking Kelly's tips and working on helping saving the bee population, I will keep you posted on if I get invited to a gala or not because I'm really excited about that. I hope you enjoyed Kelly and I's conversations, even the times that we got off topic, because I know I did. You guys, I've put together so many resources for you, so please be sure to check those out. You can view them in the show notes on my website at theheartfelthippie.wordpress.com or in the description of the app that you're listening on. I even put together an unofficial resource kit, like I had mentioned, where I have tutorials and guides on how to do some of the things that Kelly had explained. I'm thinking about seriously putting together an official resource kit and publishing it somehow. I'll keep you posted on if I do that, but you can always find more information on my website or my Instagram. Whatever you do, I highly recommend that you also check out the documentary that Kelly and I mentioned, Fed Up. I've seen it on Netflix before, but I'm sure you can find it other places. It is seriously a life changer, so please be sure to check that out. My episode next week is going to be with my friend Nate Montgomery, who is the founder of Salt and Light Ministries, which is a ministry in the town that I currently live in that is dedicated to relieving poverty and homelessness in the area. Nate and I are going to talk about an effective model for relieving poverty, and you are going to be very intrigued with this conversation. So stay tuned for that, releasing in two weeks. And in the meantime, if you haven't yet, I would love it if you would go ahead and leave me a rating or a review. If you want to leave me a five-star rating, I'd be totally fine with that, but I'll take whatever you can give. Make sure you're also subscribed to the show, as that helps other people to find it, and it makes sure that you're getting all the latest episodes. Alright, I'm almost finished. Please bear with me to the end. I hope you guys had a great time listening in on this conversation. I hope you weren't too distracted with my recording abilities. I am literally recording this in my in-law's basement, trying to avoid the sounds of all the different filters and heaters and whatever is going on down here. I've had to move about five different times, but hopefully you could follow along, and I hope you had a great 4th of July holiday if you celebrated. We are currently in the process of moving from central Illinois, where my husband is from, to South Carolina, specifically Charleston, right on the coast, for new jobs for both my husband and I. 
So we are here saying goodbye to our families as we're about to move. And so my life is a little bit crazy. Um, I just wanted to fill everybody in in case you're interested in following along. You can see what's going on by checking out my Instagram at the heartfelt hippie, or like I said, always by going to my website where I have links to everything. I hope you do connect with me because I'd love to hear from you and hear your feedback and how you're helping to save the bees. And I know Kelly would love to hear from you too. So check out the show notes to view how you can connect with both of us. Thanks so much for following along and for your support and just for tuning in. I think these are really important conversations and these are what's going to help make a difference in the world. So keep listening in and keep seeking to get enlightened. Peace out. Come